I believe God is working, but we have a responsibility. And our responsibility is to seek the face of God and to follow his word. Today, as you turn in your Bibles to chapter 4, now we've, this is Palm Sunday. And next week we're going to go in a different direction than where we've been the last several weeks. And, and if the Lord allows, we have two more Sundays talking about this division that is built around these pastors, these men of God, these servants of God. And hopefully we can move on to other things that could cause division. But I want you to keep in mind how Paul really has devoted four chapters to division centering around the men of God. As you turn there to, we're looking in chapter 4 today in 1 Corinthians, we are thinking about the responsibility or our responsibility to God. And we have a great responsibility to him. And while you're turning there, Bernard Brown Jr., he's president of a regional health care facility in Georgia. At one time in his life, he was working at a hospital and he recalls this incident. There was a, a patient in his room and he spilled a cup of water onto the floor. Nursing aide had came into his room and he asked her if she would get that up because he was afraid if he stepped out of the bed that he would slip on the floor. He didn't know the policy of the hospital. The policy of the hospital was if it's a small spill, the nursing assistants can help with that. But if it's a large spill, then the housing, uh, housekeeping would come in and they would take care of, of the situation. So when the nursing assistant looked and saw that this spill was uh, somewhat large in her mind, she called for housekeeping. When housekeeping came, they looked at the spill and, well, why are we here? This is something you should have gotten. And, and an argument ensued. She, the, the nursing assistant said, it's not my responsibility to get a spill such as this help. Housekeeping says, it is your responsibility because we're responsible to larger spills. And in the midst of their arguing back and forth, the patient just got frustrated with listening to it. It was nonsense to him. So he reached over to the table, grabbed a pitcher of water, spilled it all on the floor and said, now can y'all choose whose responsibility it is to get this up? <laughs> he fixed that for him. He ended the argument right there. Isn't it sad just to think that hospital workers who should be working together, something so meaningless could cause great division within departments. The Apostle Paul addresses division over responsibility in this passage that we're about to uh, dive into. In his attempt to fight division, he wants to make clear to the church the responsibilities of the servant of God and of the saint of God. 
When we look here in this passage, the Bible says, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But let me, but with me, it is a very small thing. That I should be judged by you or by human court. In fact, I did not even judge myself. For I know nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes. Who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. And then each one's praise will come from God. This is God's holy word. Pray with us. God, as we do come before you today, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you for what our hearts have felt already this morning. The joy of the Lord to know you is just joy within our hearts. It's comfort, it's peace, it's strength. And in the midst of trying times, God, we can look to you and not have to worry. God, it is such a blessing to be able to know that you are on our side. And as we come this way, we come to worship you and to give you glory and honor for all things. So, God, we pray that you would help us to unpack your word, open our hearts and minds to receive your word. And, God, if there's one here who doesn't know you, who doesn't know you through your son, Jesus Christ. God, let this be the day that they cry out, what must I do to be saved? God, we know you're faithful and just. We know, God, that for Jesus' sake, that you're willing to save each and every one who calls upon the name of the Lord. So, God, you move and minister. Allow your Holy Spirit to speak to hearts. Hide me behind the cross. God, speak to us, and we will praise you for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. If you will bear with me for a little bit, uh, as we look into this text, as we begin to look at, at this text, I, I can't help but think about last week's message. In last week's message, we found that the Apostle Paul addressed the Corinthian believers with a, a charge to... Not to overlook the reality of deception and how deception will rise up through pride if we're not careful. We are not to take the same principles that, that the, Corinth, the Corinthians used to build a great city and a successful city. Those same principles, we can't allow them to... To fill us with enough pride to where we think we can carry those principles over into building a successful church. Worldly principles, they factor on being able to see what's being produced. And we know when it comes to the church, we walk by faith and not by sight. So because of this, because of knowing that the that the spiritual principles are built on faith and trusting God through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't never allow intelligence, skill sets, and resources to take the place of prayer, 
the power of the Holy Spirit, humility, sacrifice, or service. But Paul also shared last week that we as believers, we must resolve to be devoted to God. And then charge them to place their hope in God and not in man. We saw that that Paul issues these charges to the Corinthian church in an attempt to fight the division that was going on in the church. And as we look at today's passage, we begin to see that Paul continues this fight. He continues this fight by making them aware that to be truly devoted to God, that they must understand the responsibility of the servant of God. Now, when we think about this, uh, as Paul continues to address this division in the church that the church is experiencing, uh, as him, Apollos, and Peter, Paul tells the Corinthian believers that the word, that the believers are to consider them as servants of Christ. We see that right there. He said, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ. And they were not servants, so they weren't servants of the congregation. They were servants of Christ. Get this, would you? We're not here. We're, when we, we must recognize that, that Paul was saying, we don't belong to y'all. We belong to our master. We belong to Christ. We are assigned to you. In other words, we're servants to you, not of you. He shares here that they are assigned to this congregation to be stewards of the mercies of or the mysteries, I'm sorry, the mysteries of God. The word stewards here, it gives the idea of an overseer. One who manages all that his master has. We remember the story, the ancient story of Joseph. We remember how the, Joseph was the beloved son of Jacob, don't we? We remember that Joseph was his father's favorite. Jacob went as far as to have a coat of many colors made for his favorite son, Joseph. Each time Joseph wore this coat, it reminded his brothers that he was the favorite son. And because he kept throwing this in his brother's faces, they became angry with him. They became angry so that they plotted against their own brother. And we remember the story, how Joseph was sold off into slavery. But while in slavery, uh, while in slavery there in Egypt, Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph. And he made everything of Joseph's hand to prosper. And so Potiphar made him his steward. Genesis 39 and 4, the Bible says, so Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight and served him and he made him being Joseph overseer of his house and all that Potiphar had was under Joseph's authority. Well the apostle Paul is saying here that the servants of Christ are stewards to the mysteries of God. In other words as stewards they are to share God's spiritual wealth to God's family or to God's people. Warren Wiersbe stated this the church is the household of faith 
and the ministers are stewards who share God's wealth with the family. In other words, so when we think about this, we have to understand that the mysteries of God is the word of God. And as stewards, it is our responsibility to share the word of God. But Paul continues by saying that, saying to these Corinthians that he, Apollos, and Peter are servants of God. And as servants of God, they must, they are stewards of the mysteries of God. And their primary responsibility is to be found faithful. But the question that lies here is who are they faithful to? (laughs) Contrary to popular opinion, they are faithful to their master. They're faithful to Christ. It's not about the pastor or the ministers to be faithful to the church. It's about them being faithful to God. You know, Joseph's story, if we go on with that story, we know most of that story. We know many of you have heard a lot about it where Joseph, as overseer of all that Potiphar had, Joseph was faithful. And one day, being the handsome man that he was, Potiphar's wife made a pass at Joseph. And in Genesis 39 and 9, Joseph said to her, There is no one greater in the house than I. Nor has he, Potiphar, kept anything back from me but you. Because you are his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You know, (laughs) he tells Potiphar's wife that Potiphar has placed him in this position. But his faithfulness belongs to God. Here we know how that story ends. That, that, that Potiphar's wife at another occasion, she made another pass at him and actually tried to get him to sleep with her then. And, and when he refused her, she set him up and he was thrown in prison. Here's what took place though. Joseph was able to go to prison knowing that he had done the will of God. He had been faithful to God and he rejected this woman who was trying to get him to sin against God. And being faithful to God, he was faithful to Potiphar. Whether Potiphar knew it or not. It appears here that this message is a great reminder of the responsibility that a servant of God, a pastor has when he's assigned to a congregation. That great responsibility is to be faithful in sharing the word of God. And because a pastor is to be faithful to God and God's word, he can help the church fight division. Now, Reedy Branch, my question then is, what is that? What does, though we're not going through division at this time, how can I feel my responsibility in helping us to prevent division in the future? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. It's an important question. You need to know the answer. Uh, I believe according to the text that I must be faithful to my master. That I must be faithful to God. Now, now what does that look like? Well, I'll tell you first what it don't look like. Or what it does not look like. If you like me to be more 
correcting my grammar, but it's not that it's not being faithful when I'm not prepared. Contrary to popular opinion, time, energy, and effort must go in to the preparation, the sharing God, uh, the Word of God. So that that may mean there there's some times when I might not be available, and I might not be available because I'm spending time with God. And if I'm spending time with God, I might have to turn my phone upside down or turn it on silent. But rest assured, I'll answer those calls a little later. It might mean that that I can't come right now, but I'll get there as soon as I can. As a matter of fact, Adrian Rogers stated this, a man of God who's always available isn't worth a whole lot when he is available. That simply means that we must spend time with God in God's word. Some might would even say, well, if God's called you, you should be able to preach without all this study. Uh, but the Bible tells us how to be faithful. 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says to be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who, who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And you know what I like? I like the poetic style in which King James actually says that. It says study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman who needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, if I don't study, I can be approved by God and I can't rightly divide the word of God some might even throw up what John 14 and 26 says but the helper the Holy Spirit whom the father will send and who the father has sent in his name he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that he have told you I get that I under and I actually believe that is the truth but folks if if he hasn't spoken to me through his written word, if I haven't studied his written word, there is nothing for him to bring back to my remembrance. The only way I, the only way that I can do is Paul shared in 2 Timothy 4 and 2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort, and all with all long suffering and teaching is to spend time with God and to study God's holy word. You know, that's why I love being the pastor at this church. <laughs> I really, that's why I love being the pastor at this church. <laughs> you know, you understand this. Some, somebody um, before I came here had taught you the importance of this. And I'm so glad that you were able to receive how important that was because you understand my first and my greatest responsibility. Because I know that because on the very first item of my job description when I came here, the job description that you agreed on before you voted for me to come, actually the job description that was handed to me before I told them that I would be considered, the job description I had to look over and say, okay, we can work with this. The very first thing on, that, on those items, the very first item said to proclaim the gospel with the goal of reaching persons for Christ and fostering academic, emotional, social, and spiritual growth. And the only way that can be done is through time and energy and effort spent studying the word of God. And I thank you. I thank you for understanding that. But folks, to prevent division, we've got to keep that in the forefront of our minds. And you can hold me accountable to this. But Paul doesn't just share the responsibility of the 
servant of God, but he also shares with us the responsibility of the saint of God. Oh, you thought you'd got out good, didn't you? <laughs> you thought I, I was leaving you alone. Well, I, I am. I'm going to be as gentle as I can possibly be because I love you. And because I love you, I've got to be honest and, and truthful with you. And I, I've got to rightly divide the word of God. Here, the apostle Paul shares with us as he's recognizing that he's going to be judged and he is being judged by some of the believers. And what I like here is something that I've got to really work on myself is that while they, he knew people were judging him, he wasn't taking it personally. <laughs> Paul wasn't taking it personally. He was aware that people will be people. And you know what? People are people wherever you go. You leave a job because of people, well, your other job's going to have people on it also. <laughs> you leave a church because of people, well, that other church has got people there also. So you can believe people are people wherever you go. It doesn't matter if you say, well, I just can't be here no more. Just look at people and count and, and make sure you got their names with their faces because wherever you go, whether it's on your job, whether it's in school, whether it's a church, whatever it may be, when you get somewhere else, you'll be able to point your finger and call out their names because you see their behavior right where you're at. <laughs> well, I got to hurry up. <laughs> Here, Paul... <laughs> Paul understood this. And you know why he understood this? Because if we remember in chapter 3, Paul acknowledges that the believers in Corinth were carnal. They were carnal believers. Paul admits that he, he wasn't concerned about them judging him. This is because he wasn't aware of anything that, that he could be found guilty of outside of being faithful to God. But Paul also knew that him being faithful to God... <laughs> it didn't justify him. It didn't mean that he would escape having to stand before Christ. While Paul believed in his heart that he was doing the will of God, he also knew Jeremiah said in 17 and 9 that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And who can know it? He understood this. And at the judgment seat of Christ, according to this text, Paul says that Christ will bring the, to light all the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. So with all the spiritual gifts... That the church in Corinth had. With all the intelligence that they had. With all the resources that they had. It's sad that they would be so divided as a church. Because they refused to live up to their responsibility. As saints of God. You know this reminds me of the story about Korah. Y'all remember Korah? You can find his, his story in the 16th chapter of Numbers. Uh, Kor, he was so divisive, trying to divide Israel. Basically, he, he passed judgment on Moses and Aaron. And he, along with over 250 men, spoke out against Moses and Aaron, accusing them of exalting themselves above the people. Then Moses told Kor, okay. Since you think I've, I'm the one orchestrating this, how about you get some men to light some incense and call out to God. And let's let God say who's leading the, these people. Well, when this took place, when they summoned God or they called out to God, 
God's response was he told Moses, get thee away from these people. God was going to destroy all of them. But Moses went to God on the people's behalf and said, God, don't destroy everyone for the sin of one man. So what God did the next day, Korah, his family, his household, all that he had, along with the men who came up accusing Moses and and Aaron, God opened up the earth and swallowed them and closed the earth back up. And then he sent fire down for those other 250 men who had lit incense to call out to God. Listen, if if you're going to go to God and you're going to cry out to him, you need to go in the right manner or judgment will be upon you. And in the right manner, it's it's not judging the servants of God. Here, when we look at this, let me be honest with us. No saint of God, no matter how good we are at multitasking. Now, women are usually better at that than men. But no saint of God, no matter how good we are at this, is able to receive the word of God while judging the servant of God. Who's delivering the word of God? Somebody should have said amen. (laughs) Now, I'm aware that that those of us who are servants of God, we we have a responsibility to fight in division. And part of that is not think so highly of ourselves that we're offended over every little judgment that people are making against us. Instead, we are to be steadfast. We're to be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. And if we know this, then we know that we can't be offended by every little thing said about us. So we must be faithful to God and to his word. Because we're going to stand before Christ and our faithfulness to him and our intent of our hearts is going to be judged by fire. So now, Reedy Branch, my, as I said before, I love you. And because I love you, I've got to warn you. Not that I know of any division going on in our church. But in in order to keep division out of our church, your responsibility as the saints of God is not to judge the servant of God. Instead, your responsibility is to receive the word of God. When the word of God convicts, it's not the pastor or the servant of God who is convicting you. No, it's the Holy Spirit who's working through the word of God that is convicting you. If the message is centered on Jesus is Christ, he is the son of the living God. He is born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He offered himself as the ultimate sacrifice for the sin of the world. He laid down his life a curse upon an old rugged cross. He arose on the third day to conquer death, hell, and the grave. He ascended back to the Father. And our heavenly Father has sent his Holy Spirit to reside with those who have believed that Jesus is the Christ. Confessed him as Lord and Savior and confess their sin to God then it shouldn't matter who is sharing the word of God your responsibility is to receive the word of God regardless of who is sharing the word of God but you also not only have the responsibility of receiving the word of God you have a responsibility to respond to the word of God Boy, if you receive the word of God, you know, your response will be evidenced. 
will be evidenced in this world. If we respond correctly to the word of God, it will govern our lives. And if it governs our lives, then we're going to love the gospel. We're going to live the gospel. We're going to share the gospel. If it governs our lives, we'll focus our minds on the worship of our God. We'll assimilate together to do ministry. We'll infuse the word of God in our community through evangelism. We'll teach the word of God through discipleship. And we'll have fellowship one with another as one united family. If we're allowing the word of God to govern our lives. Not only that, in responding to the word of God, listen, let me get a little more practical. The word of God will make decisions for us. Where our children go to school. Where we as a family go to church. The word of God will decide that. There are too many churches being started outside of the word of God. And the word of God, if it's not centered on a church, then that's not the place. I mean, if the church isn't centered on the word of God, if the church is centered on music, if the church is centered on praise, if the church is centered on on discipleship, if the church is centered on, on anything outside of the word of God, it's not a New Testament church. And God isn't leading you to that church. It's got to be centered on this. And when it is, then everything else that takes part in the church will fall into place. If the word of God is governing our lives, how we act on the job will be seen that we belong to God. That no matter what comes our way, we won't compromise the word of God. If the word of God is governing our lives, then we're going to be careful what we allow in our children's minds and ears. If the word of God is, is governing our lives, then we won't have to worry about all the protests out there because we'll love one another. No matter what the skin color is, no matter what the background is, we may disagree with their ideologies, but we'll still love them and we'll treat them as human beings if the word of God is governing our lives. And when we have this going on, you know what that seems like to me to be? It seems to me it's like a united church instead of a divided church. Obviously, the people in Corinth were not receiving and responding to the word of God. Although Paul and Apollos and Peter were fulfilling their responsibility in sharing the word of God, they were allowing their own prejudices to cause division within the church. Folks, we must be united. And right now, as these singers are coming, the musicians are coming as saints of God, I want to ask you right now, as you bow your head and close your eyes, I want to ask you right now, to commit to your responsibility as saints of God. What I, and that is that if the servant of God is sharing truthfully the word of God, if he is faithful to his master, 
then you will be faithful to receiving God's word and responding to God's word. Oh, as you are praying and making the commitments that that you feel are right between you and God and what the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart of right now, I want to speak to you briefly, you who are unsaved. Today, you've heard the word of God. Today, the gospel of Jesus Christ has been shared to you. Now, you are responsible for receiving the word of God. And if today was your last day here on earth, would you would stand responsible before Jesus Christ. So my question is, how will you respond to God's word today? Will you reject it and walk away? Or will you receive it and believe Jesus is the Christ? Confess your sins to God and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 